Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. program what a busy weekend for IU fans gosh a lot to talk about Tom Allen has been fired as the IU football coach I don't think anybody is terribly surprised but Scott Dolson acted quick and on Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning really rumors began to circulate that coach Allen was done and that came with a formal announcement from the IU athletic office a little bit later in the day on Sunday. Then of course, as you would expect, Tom Allen, uh, I don't know about football coaching and uh, obviously how things have went the last few years for Indiana football, but he had a very kind, very nice statement that was interesting. We'll read that. We'll talk about that here a little bit later in the program today, but the search is on for a new IU football coach. And coaching searches, I think, are always fun, always fascinating. And I think that IU fans generally were ready for change. So I'd love to hear from you today. Parting message uh, for Coach Allen. Uh, your thoughts on Scott Dolson pulling the trigger, making the decision to let Tom Allen go. And furthermore, who should be the next coach? Who are some of the names out there that maybe resonate with Indiana or uh, would be interested in the job? So we'll talk more about all of those things today. I'd love to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. I know a lot of you have had questions, comments, sounded off about IU football throughout the season, and today a great chance to continue that as the season is now over after a disappointing loss to Purdue on Saturday, the Tom Allen news on Sunday. And if all of that from a football perspective wasn't enough, On Sunday evening, we got a chance to see Indiana and Harvard in action in Indianapolis as Indiana with one more tune-up game before they jump into a couple Big Ten games coming up later this week. That is hard to believe. Big Ten basketball, the little short beginning of the season, every team's got two early games, I think is what you call them, happening later this week or at least getting started later this week now that we've made it through the Thanksgiving holiday. So the basketball season is rolling and the Hoosiers with a win last night. Mackenzie Mbako actually the star last night, which I think is good for Indiana to see if he can break free now and begin to maybe settle into college and college basketball and see if he can reach the potential that so many have put on his shoulders for this season. But we'll talk all of that and more today. Plus an opening weekend, a great opening weekend of high school basketball here in the area and kind of tough for some of our local teams. Providence with a loss at Brownstown, a really, really good Brownstown team. And Jeff, little surprise, they got beat on the road at Cathedral on Saturday 
as well. So we'll talk through some of that. New Albany, a big win on the road under new coach Jason Jones as well at Bloomington South. So tons to get to today. Wish we had more than just an hour, but uh, we'll do our best to work through everything here in the time that we have allotted today. Let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a moment, we'll have our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Segment two coming up later show now that football is over we don't have that conflict with press conferences so zach osterman of the indianapolis star will be able to join us and what a day for him to rejoin the show because not only is it basketball season but we've got all the tom allen news to talk about to negotiate to break through and talk about what uh, maybe the next path is for indiana football and we'll get all that started with zach a little bit later today and then finally In segment three, Chad Gilbert will be with us. Chad is the athletic director at Charlestown High School, IHSA executive board member representing our area, and we always talk local sports with Chad. And as always, coming out of this first big weekend of boys' high school basketball, there is plenty to get to, so we'll cover a lot of things today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Why not try Honey Baked Ham in New Albany today for a delicious lunch? They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open. I've already mentioned that uh, number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Love to hear from you today. You can talk IU basketball. You can sound off on Tom Allen. Whatever it may be, 502-414-1450 is the text line. And if you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher, to keep your day going in the right direction right now at Thornton's all 32 ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents you heard it right only 89 cents so come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and send us a text on the Thornton's text line 502-414-1450 again 502-414-1450 okay let's look at Tom Allen and his departure from the program seven seasons Allen 33 and 49. Of course, that includes a bowl game after the 2016 season when he took over the program. The past three years, though, have really told the story of a lack of momentum. And that is what Scott Dolson cited in his brief statement yesterday that IU has lost momentum. And that is absolutely the case. Two and 10. 4-8, and and of course, most recently, after the loss to Purdue, 3-9, the record for this IU football team. Of course, in 2019, the record 8-5, and and then 6-2 in the uh, COVID-shortened 2020 season. So uh, those were two highlight campaigns for IU football and, of course, for Tom Allen in his time there. IU in the Big Ten Conference the past three seasons, even more troubling is that record. 3 and 25. 3 wins, 25 losses. Of course, Allen going back to his history at Indiana, he was promoted to head coach after initially being brought in as the defensive coordinator under then head coach Kevin Wilson. And uh, we'll see what Indiana does next when it comes to a head coach. There are a few coaching boards out there already uh, on who Indiana maybe could look at or who maybe would be a fit for the program. 
I think we'll go through some names in the next segment with Zach Osterman. Obviously, as the week unfolds, you can expect some of those names to really pick up traction, I would believe. But now's the time with the end of college football, at least the regular season here, uh, there will be additional moves. And the coaching carousel, as people call it, will really get rolling, I would think. Uh, It is now, but it will really get going uh, as we get later into this week and through next weekend, I would believe. So uh, we'll see. But Tom Allen out as IU football coach. Um, Obviously, his uh, last few seasons have lacked any kind of momentum for this program moving forward, and it's going to be interesting to see with this new Big Ten Conference, uh, players, I should say schools coming in from the West Coast. I don't see the conference getting any easier for Indiana Where do they turn? Are they able to catch an up-and-coming coach, or uh, do they go on a limb and hire somebody that doesn't have head coaching experience? Going to be interesting to see the route that Scott Dolson uh, and IU Athletics take with this hire. So probably more IU football discussion this week and next week until a coach is in place than maybe what we had even times during the season. Uh, We'll see what Indiana football does here moving forward. Also, Indiana basketball with a victory in Indianapolis on uh, Sunday against Harvard. We'll go through that victory with Zach a little bit later in the show, but I thought Kellel Ware continuing to play solid. Um, he is really earning his keep for Indiana and has been that consistent for the Hoosiers so far. And Mackenzie Mbako, I think you could call it a breakout performance for him. 18 points, 8 rebounds, just a couple rebounds shy of a double-double in the Sunday game in Indianapolis. But, uh, you know, good to see him get a solid game under his belt. 7 of 13 from the field. He was 1 of 5 from 3-point range. A lot of mid-range scoring, some off the rim uh, at on rebounds, I should say. Played 31 minutes which was uh, more than he's played in recent games. He's, I think, averaged around 20 to 23 minutes through the first five games of the season. So a big game for him production-wise, minutes-wise, and I know Indiana fans hoping that he has shaken off some of the rust. And as Mike Woodson said, trying to adjust to the college game We'll see how things go for McKenzie and Baco, but yesterday was a little sign of hope in advance of some Big Ten games for the Hoosiers coming up. And I mentioned this earlier in the show today. It's hard to believe that Big Ten basketball is coming up this week, the week after Thanksgiving. Indiana going to jump into a couple Big Ten games, and it all starts at home on December thirty, December 1st, excuse me, this Friday with Maryland in Bloomington, and then December 5th, a week from tomorrow, Indiana goes on the road to take on Michigan. So we'll have fun starting to break down those two first Big Ten games. And, you know, after that, It's just a sprint. It's a marathon of big games because Indiana will play Auburn on December 9th. That game is down in Atlanta, a neutral site game. They'll host Kansas, which uh, the Jayhawks, I think, pretty good this season. I know they got handled by Marquette in the Maui Invitational, but still a good team is Kansas, and they'll come to town on December 16th, a Saturday. Then it's Moorhead State, North Alabama, Kennesaw State, three games uh, right around Christmas, the Moorhead State game before Christmas, North Alabama game just before Christmas, the Kennesaw State after Christmas. Those are really the final warm-up games after a little sprint of big-time games coming up for Indiana before they get into full-time Big Ten play the rest of the season starting to January 3rd with Nebraska 
on the road for Indiana. So it's hard to believe the season is cruising along and Indiana with a lot to figure out as they get into Big Ten play. These early games, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, are so important when it comes to success in the conference, conference standings, getting a couple big wins under your belt. Uh, Golly, they're very, very important. And Indiana, uh, again, with some question marks, can they get a win at home over Maryland? Uh, Jordan Geronimo, by the way, making his return to Bloomington with the Terrapins. And then Michigan, up and down, maybe non-conference schedule so far for the Wolverines. Can Indiana get one on the road there? Those would be two really big games. But Indiana with a win last night over Harvard. Uh, And again, coming off that trip to New York where Indiana was steady, shaky at best maybe, um, a victory over uh, Harvard uh, by the final margin. They were able to pull away there, I guess you'd call it, at the very end. Uh, Obviously a good sign, I think, for Indiana. But lots to figure out. 89-76 win last night, but a lot to figure out for this Indiana team. Uh, So many things to talk about today with Tom Allen gone, IU coaching search for football underway, IU basketball, college hoops, and more. I do want to spend a couple minutes on high school basketball over the weekend. Brownstown is the real deal. They were able to basically lead Providence, dominate that game throughout. They went on to win 68-55, the final score, a tough road game to start the year for Providence. I'm high on the Pioneers. I think they're going to be right behind Jeffersonville as one of the better teams in our local area this year. I think a lot of people already thinking ahead to a Providence-Brownstown sectional rematch at some point. Uh, Brownstown clear, uh, in a way, I think the best team in that sectional, but Providence, they'll do Providence things. They will play Providence defense. They will be a much different team come early March than what they are right now here at the end of November. So uh, that's kind of a marker early on, a 68-55 win for Brownstown. What does it look like if and when those two teams connect in the postseason. I know that seems so long from now, but it will be interesting if they hook up again. I would expect uh, maybe a Brownstown win in the second matchup, but a much closer game throughout in meeting number two between Brownstown and Providence. Also, a little bit of a surprise, Jeffersonville lost on the road 78-66 on Saturday night to Indianapolis Cathedral. I don't know a lot about Cathedral. They're always good. They're always talented. I do know they don't have the amount of talent that they had the last few years, but just unbelievable college talent going through the Cathedral program here recently. But I do know also Jeff had, I think, 31 or 32 turnovers on Saturday night. So again, it's early. There's a lot to clean up. There's a lot to work on. I still think Jeffersonville will be a powerhouse in Southern Indiana when it's all said and done this season. I think this will be a Jeffersonville team that is definitely a conference and sectional favorite, if not maybe a team that can make a run to the semi-state. Also want to give some credit to New Albany. They have started the season 2-0. They had an 86-40 blowout win at home over Clarksville on Wednesday night. They went to Bloomington South. Again, I don't 
know as much about Bloomington South this season. I don't think that they are the Bloomington South, much like you could say I don't think New Albany as far as talent is the New Albany that it was a few years back. But always a good program. J.R. Holmes, all-time winning as coach in Indiana. Uh, you know you're in for a challenge, especially at Bloomington South. And New Albany able to clip uh, a win there, 64-62. A huge win for Jason Jones, the new New Albany coach, to go on the road and beat a program like Bloomington South. So now for Coach Jones and the Bulldogs, another big weekend coming up. The best thing to say is it's a home-and-home weekend. Evansville Harrison, who's 1-0 on Friday night for the Bulldogs, and then New Albany will host Kokomo, who was kind of the favorite in 4A basketball, but were upset on Saturday night, 62-57 by rival Western. Uh, Kokomo now 1-1 on the season. Of course, Flory Badunga uh, on Kokomo's roster. He's a Kansas signee. Some other really good players as well for the Wildcats. So New Albany will have their work cut out for them this weekend, but early reports on the Bulldogs are they're a fun team to watch and could maybe be a sneaky team here in the area this season. So just some early thoughts on high school basketball over the weekend. Our first real weekend, Saturday night games. Boy, a lot of good games on Saturday. And now we get our first full weekend without a holiday right in front of it this coming Friday and Saturday. That's a look at our headlines for this Monday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Got a couple texts. Here's one on New Albany. Texter says, still early, but I think Coach Jones is the real deal. Officiating at Bloomington South was not good. They took possibly 8 to 10 points away from New Albany, and they still won on the road. Thanks for the text. Yes, Bloomington South, a tough place to play as well. Also, good text here on Tom Allen. Texter on the Thornton's text line says, I have liked Tom Allen as much as any football coach at IU. By all accounts, he is an awesome guy, and I admire his passion. I followed him and the teams to the two New Year's Bowl games, and that was an exciting period for IU football. That said, college athletics is a business measured in wins and losses, and there have been too many recent losses, and a change was needed. I had hopes Coach Allen was the one for the job long term, but that didn't happen. I wish him and his family the best. That is very well said, Texter. I agree with that. There was a real period of momentum under Tom Allen for IU football, those two bowl games and back-to-back seasons. It just felt like a different program. And at that time, I felt somewhat confident that Tom Allen was the guy for the job and that he would have the job for the foreseeable future. But college athletics, as you mentioned, is a business. There has been a loss of momentum. That comes with a loss of interest, which comes with a loss of revenue. And i tell you what else about college athletics. There are a lot of changes going on right now as far as NIL and conference expansion. And IU, I think, just generally is in a really bad spot when it comes to football in the conference that they are in. Just a tough deal, and it's going to get no easier with the addition of some of the West Coast teams. But thank you both for the text. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. We'll start with Tom Allen, uh, his departure, and maybe uh, what IU football will look for next. And I'm sure we'll touch on IU basketball as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. 
And we're back on this Monday edition of the program. Glad to re-welcome Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star to the show. The Tom Allen press conferences on Monday during the season caused us to not be able to connect with Zach on Mondays, but now that the regular season, the football season for Indiana, uh, has come to a close, Zach rejoins us on uh, a big day to talk about the firing of Tom Allen yesterday uh, from the IU football program. Zach, were you surprised when word started to leak out on Sunday morning, or did you think maybe given Tom Allen's final answer and final response there at his press conference after the Purdue game, did you kind of have a sense this might be the direction IU was going yeah I I mean it it did sort of feel like it was moving in that direction for uh you know probably at least a couple weeks I don't think anybody knew I'm not even totally sure exactly when Scott Dolson made up his mind I'm sure it was before Saturday night I I don't think the Purdue game was some sort of final deciding factor um but I I do I do think that that it felt anyway um, like it was very much kind of all moving in, in, in the direction of everyone feeling like maybe there needed to be a change. I don't think anyone was super surprised um, when, you know, kind of the, the news broke. But in the same breath, listen, you know, I mean, this is the first time, obviously, in seven years Indiana's made a football coaching change. It's the first time in 13 years Indiana's opened a search. So, you know, this is not a, a, a school that's seen a lot of, head coaching turnover in that job in a while. And and so there's always going to be a bit of a system shock when that happens. I just don't think anybody was, was terribly surprised by it. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. That's a good point. The last time this job came open with uh, the Kevin Wilson situation, it basically was a closed deal. Tom Allen was elevated from defensive coordinator to the head coach. So it is the first time in uh, a number of years that this job is open. Um, As we kind of close out the Tom Allen era at Indiana, there were a couple really good years for IU football where there felt to be some great momentum around the program and folks were engaged in football in this state like I can't remember uh, for some time. And then more recently, there have been really a lack of momentum, a lack of interest, uh, things not going good. How will Tom Allen, I know the test of time will tell more about this, but how do you think Tom Allen will be remembered in his time uh, as the boss of the Hoosiers? I, I think he will be, and, and I think he should be remembered fondly. I mean, I, you know, listen, I don't think you can take away what he achieved in Indiana, that, that stretch from his hiring in 2017. And, and you should, we should probably even include, frankly, the, um, the, the 2016 season because as defensive coordinator, he was so pivotal to, I mean, that Indiana doesn't, you know, frankly, if Indiana doesn't improve as dramatically on defense as it does that season from 2015, Indiana doesn't make a bowl game in 2016. So he should probably kind of that 2016 season should kind of probably be roped into sort of the the, the chunk of Allen's tenure that was successful. Um, I think I think he'll be remembered well. Realistically, that four or five year stretch is as good as any Indiana coach has managed since Bill Mallory, maybe as good as any, any Indiana coach has ever really managed, um, which obviously speaks to some of the difficulty of the job and, and some of the, the challenges of, of that position. Um, I don't think anybody would deny that, you know, three big 10 wins in three years, nine wins overall in three years is, is just kind of, you know, not 
not something that you can sell as sustainable long term. Um, but I also think that a lot of people are justifiably going to remember Tom Allen well, and you know, as time goes on and everyone softens on these sorts of things, um, you know, when there are reunions for those Gator Bowl and Outback Bowl teams, if he can make them, I'm sure he'll be invited, and, and I know he'd be welcomed back. He uh, put out a statement, Tom Allen did, uh, Sunday afternoon. I thought it was very kind and professional, which I think is what we all have come to expect from Coach Allen. He also mentioned, and I don't have it in front of me, he mentioned that college football had changed and that he hoped Indiana was willing basically to make some necessary changes. What do you think he meant by that? Was that directed toward NIL monies and things along that line? Yeah, I think I – think, um... I think that um, I think that that was probably directed in particular at at NIL, and I, you know, I, to be honest, I think that had become something that Allen had maybe been frustrated with, even even as Indiana had tried to improve its sort of infrastructure around it and fundraising toward it and things like that, and and. Um, my understanding for a while has been that Indiana, you know, really kind of doubled down on it last year and is going to do so again this year. I don't know the exact number. I do know that it is going to be millions, plural, that Indiana is going to kind of be able to put in a, to use European soccer transfer uh, lingo, a war chest for, for whoever the next head coach is. So I think Indiana wants to get more competitive in that area. I think it's been, been getting more competitive in that area. Um, but I, you know, I don't think there's ever, you know, NIL is one of those things where I don't think there's ever a, an end point. If you understand what I'm saying, you know, obviously at some point we'll probably move from NIL to revenue sharing in some form. Um, but I just don't, you know, you, you you can never. It's it's less that you can never have enough, and I think it's more that you can never stop trying to get more. If you understand what I'm saying, there's there's never a point at which you can just say okay, we don't have to focus on this any longer. It's, it's always got to be a priority in, in modern football. That, that Mike Loxley quote from last summer that, you know, kids would, would what, they get dressed in a, a barrel or something like that to, you know, for a $50,000 NIL deal or whatever he, whatever he said. Um, that will always be a big factor. I think that's probably part of what Tom Allen was talking about there. And I think it is something Indiana's taking more and more seriously and is going to try and, really sort of bolster for the next coach. Where does Indiana turn from here? I know it's early. There are some names, hot board names out there. I don't know if any of it has any connection for sure to the job or the program just yet, but talking in generalities, what are options for Indiana? Do they go with an unknown coach that maybe wants to build his resume at Indiana? And then of course, potentially get you know uh, taken up by a bigger program or does indiana go for somebody that is experienced here or maybe you know looking for a job that uh, fell from the higher ranks of college football i think there's a couple different channels that scott dolson and the athletic department can go down what are some of those options i think you know listen i said this with the john Gruden stuff on twitter last night um I think that you never say never in, in a coaching search. Stuff can always change. Plans can change. All it takes is one person saying no or one bad Zoom meeting or, you know, hey, you, you need to, the job opens up and it turns out somebody out there is interested that you didn't expect to be, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
I think Indiana is – I expect Indiana to heavily target coaches with significant experience running their own programs. Um, I don't think they won't consider assistance. I would be surprised, for example, if Justin Fry, who is uh, the offensive line coach at Ohio State and, and played – uh, a long and, and successful career at Indiana as an offensive lineman in the early mid 2000s. I would be surprised if he doesn't at least get like a, a phone call, a Zoom, something like that. Maybe it's not a formal interview, but it, it, if if you know, um, it, 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 at very least some sort of kind of conversation. Um, I think there are some other you know assistants that might fit that bill a little bit. I think there are some you know some decent up and coming coaches in both the Sun Belt and the Mac. Um, but I, I think Indiana's, you know, I think Indiana's sort of biggest, you know, I guess class or profile of target is going to be coaches who have a lot of experience running their programs, whether that's somebody who's who would be stepping up, you know, from a, uh, a group of five conference like Willie Fritz at Tulane, who's, you know, kind of won at every level he's been at. He, he won at Sam Houston State and the FCS. He won at Georgia Southern. He's he's finally kind of gotten to lane. They won the Cotton Bowl last year. I think they've won 21 or 22 games in the last two years. Um, or if it, it could even be, you know, a, a Dan Mullen, a Paul Chris, somebody who was a longtime head coach at the Power Five, or I guess we'd now say Power Four level, um, who's not in a job at the moment. Um, I don't think Indiana only wants that coach because it's not what Tom Allen was in the hire. And there's always kind of that thing of, you know, um, you know, it, 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 you always hire the coach you didn't hire before you go for a different profile or whatever. I think Indiana just feels based on everyone I've talked to and all the intelligence I've been able to gather that at this specific moment in time, with so much around the landscape of college football changing conferences, consolidating the playoff expanding, talk of a, a super league of revenue sharing, obviously NIL and the portal are such a big deal. Um, and of course, you know, most immediately the big 10 getting a lot more difficult starting in 2024 with the four pack 12 schools coming in. I don't think Indiana feels like at this moment in time, that is a job that somebody can grow up into. If you understand what I'm saying, that, that someone without a lot of experience, leading their own program can kind of come in and, and, you know, just make some mistakes and have some growing pains, but grow into the job. I think at this moment in time, they want somebody who's a, a firmer hand at the till. And I think that is, is at least as best as I can say right now. And like I said, you never say never in coaching searches, but as best as I can tell right now, that to me is going to be somebody with a pretty extensive head coaching resume. What does a time frame look like on something uh, like this? I'm not as familiar with football coaching hiring processes maybe as we are with basketball, but is there a drop-dead date that Indiana really needs to have somebody in place by to take full advantage of the transfer portal and shore up recruiting the best they can? How quick could we see Scott Dolson come to a recommendation, come to a new coach here? If I'm not mistaken, the portal, the, the winter window begins December 4th in the portal. And obviously you've got signing day, you know, coming up. You'd imagine a new head coach is going to be sort of looking at maybe a blend of, of those two options, you know, some, some, some portal to try and maybe pull some of the guys that have entered the portal from Indiana back out of the portal, get them to come, you know, back to Bloomington, some portal to add from, you know, the outside. 
some high school recruiting, whether it's guys who are already committed or maybe guys that you can get in on late. Um, obviously, it's a little bit more difficult with high school recruiting anymore with coaching changes because the signing window is so close to when you would naturally change coaches at the end of the season. But I think that the big date is December 4th. Having somebody who is not just maybe, you know, announced by then, but is in the office, is making some hires, is able to, is, is already kind of, you know, moving forward with and implementing a plan. Um, so I think if, if possible, and, you know, best laid plans don't always work out in, in coaching searches, but if possible, I think Indiana would want somebody, you know, installed, certainly by the fourth, I would say maybe by the end of this week. Um, I think it could move that quickly. I think I think Scott Dolson, I, I would be surprised if Pam Witten, Indiana's president, isn't also fairly involved in this. She and Dolson have worked pretty closely on athletics issue, issues um, since she took the job in 2021. So I think um, I would be surprised if they're not already, whether it's Zooms, whether it's, you know, traveling the country for in-person meetings, I would be surprised if that process hasn't already begun and I wouldn't be shocked if they find their candidate and they can move swiftly on, on kind of finishing things off. I wouldn't be shocked if this happens in, in a matter of days rather than weeks, um, both for their desires and also for, again, the portal. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Zach, it's great to have you back with us. We have not talked with you since the start of the basketball season. So before we get into maybe some of the specifics from last night's win over Harvard as we transition to hoops, what's kind of been your take on IU basketball to begin this season? I think, I mean, it's obviously been a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I don't think, uh, I don't think anybody is, I don't think anybody would, would deny that. I think what I would say and what I've said, you know, kind of all along is this is, this is broadly speaking what I think we should have expected. Um, not maybe struggling with Army, like if we're talking in the micro, struggling with Army, some of the stretches of poor performance, but the wider idea that Indiana um, is a team that is just going to be incomplete for a while, is going to be a work in progress for a while, is going to be kind of rough around the edges. Um, I don't think that should suffice people. And I do think there are, or there there have been, you know, kind of some some moments of progress. I thought Indiana was a lot better against what I, at least what I think, is a, a decent Harvard team. I mean, right now, that's I recognize that you know we're talking about level, you know, degrees here. Of, of, of I'm not trying to overpraise Indiana for this, but right now Harvard's their best win. Um, they're 134 in Ken Palm, and that was a, a, a semi home slash kind of. Um, uh, what would you say, um, neutral court game. I mean, but that's a Harvard team that only lost by nine at Boston College. Has a couple of Kim Palm top 200 or top 175 wins this season away from home. And Indiana, you know, really kind of found something in that second half, even without even without um, uh, Xavier Johnson obviously playing through the, I guess, whether it's an ankle, foot, it's not completely clear to us what it is. Um found something to, to really kind of take control of that game and, and win it Sunday. I still think there are going to be some missteps for this team. I think there are going to be some ugly days. I think, you know, they're kind of entering a stretch of four games here, Maryland, Michigan, Auburn, Kansas, where I think they're favored by two by Ken Palm to beat Maryland at home Friday. The next three, 30% win expectancy, 23%, 21%. So, these, you know, the, there could be maybe some – 
some uglier days ahead. But I think there's also kind of some opportunity to say you can afford to lose these games. You know, the, the, the ones that Indiana has dodged so far, I think, have been important, not losing a game that could really drag them down long-term in terms of, you know, tournament resume and stuff like that. You're kind of in a stretch here where you're only going to play four games across 15 days, um, or maybe that's 16 days. I guess I can't totally do the math. Um, so you're going to have some time between games to work on things. Obviously, finals is in there, too. But you're going to have some time between games, first between Harvard and Maryland, and then, you know, again, only four games in basically a two-week period to, to do some learning, some trial and error, some, co- you know, go back and look at, look at what worked and what didn't. And you can afford, in a vacuum anyway, to lose any of these games and, and still be okay long-term. I am fascinated by these next four and just kind of what Indiana is able to get out of them. Um, because I think that, you know, to some extent there is, there's an element to which I think Indiana's just got to try and find a way to survive until January and then see how it can start big 10 play. Um, but I think that it's also going to be interesting to kind of see Indiana against, especially Maryland, Michigan, maybe to some extent Auburn teams that aren't, you know, teams that are probably a little bit better than Indiana right now, certainly in Auburn, maybe a Michigan, not so sure on Maryland, but teams that are also maybe a little bit more kind of in that in-between in the same place Indiana is where, you know, Indiana's not Louisville, but on the other hand, Indiana's obviously not also at UConn's level or Kansas's level. So I'm not surprised that they have looked, things have looked kind of ugly at times. Um, I think there have been glimpses of improvement. They've obviously not been sustained for long stretches. I didn't think they played terribly against Harvard, um, and I'm going to be fascinated to see, you know, kind of what they look like in these next four games because they're all games that Indiana can afford to lose. They're all games that would, would you know, be varying degrees of importance for Indiana to win. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star, with us. Uh, I guess last night one of the quick things I want to bring up, we are up against a commercial break, is Mackenzie Mbako. He uh, had his best performance to date as a Hoosier, and I know there's been a whale of concern from Indiana fans if he's going to materialize as the big-time recruit that he was coming into the program. So I'd say for multiple accounts, good to see him have a solid night against Harvard. Yeah, I think, I mean, listen, Mbako is, is kind of, and I wrote about this a little bit, he's, he's kind of representative of Indiana struggles overall. There's clear talent. You can you can see what makes him a really promising player, what makes him, you know, a, a, an appealing NBA prospect and all those different kinds of things. You can also see how far he has to go, whether it's in some of the statistics, he's like, you know, he's only two of 18 from behind the three-point line, or it's in, you know, some of the, just, just him maybe not really kind of figuring out, you know, kind of finding his way through an offense, Indiana trying to play him at the three. A lot of people think he's more naturally a four. Him trying to sort of figure out, I think what was maybe most encouraging about the Harvard game was it felt like it was him figuring out from early on in that game a little bit more of this is where I fit in this offense. This is where I go find my shots, go find my points. This is how I leverage, you know, my obvious sort of gifts against opponents who are not going to see a lot of guys that are legitimately 6'8", 215 with the length, the athleticism, the basketball IQ that he has. Um, you know, I mean, it goes without saying if he could go for eight, 18 and 8 every night from here on, and it would probably be fine. But I think it's, it's more just kind of the idea that um, it was the first game where it felt like you had Kalel Ware and Malik Renew, and it feels like Indiana kind of knows what it has with those two guys. And, and there's a lot of sort of similarities to – 
the Trace Jackson Davis race Thompson. Mike Woodson calls it the buddy ball that, that his bigs play down low, the way they feed off each other, the way they feed each other, passing to each other, you know, renew with those little lobs and wear kind of moving around, sometimes vacating the lane to give her new more space to operate. Mbako's got to figure out how to fit next to that if he's going to play the three. And I think that Harvard game, it's encouraging because it looked like he sort of figured, it looked like a lot of that was coming a little bit more naturally to him. Um, I'm sure there are still going to be growing pains. Again, I mean, he's one of the guys that you look at in some of these games when, you know, maybe teams aren't tilting their, their defense to, you know, really kind of stop him as a potential mismatch. Your Maryland's, your Auburn's, your Kansas's, they might think they've got the personnel to just guard him one-on-one. How does he respond? Can he step up his game again? Can he be a little bit more consistent offensively? And can he get better? I thought he was a lot better defensively against Harvard. I think the eight rebounds uh, against Harvard were kind of reflective of that and just in terms of kind of his energy and his focus. And, again, I mean, three of them were offense, but five of them were on defense. Him sort of understanding, if I'm going to be the three, but I'm going to be six eight then one thing I can do is be the guy that just sort of finishes off possessions. I crash the glass. I get the rebound. You know, the, the guys who are going to be around me for these long caroms are going to be smaller. They're not going to have the reach. They're not going to have the length. I can be the guy that goes and just, just finishes these possessions and doesn't give up, doesn't allow us to give up second-chance points. Um, and I think that's encouraging as well because that's kind of been the, the piece where it's felt like he's had to improve most is just really understanding how and where he fits defensively. All right, Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, with us on Mondays again in this segment now that football has come to a close for the season. Look forward to a lot of conversations about the IU football coaching search and basketball and much more. Zach, thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. For sure. We'll head to a commercial break. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Chad Gilbert is next. Local sports will recap a big weekend of high school basketball locally and a lot of a lot of additional big games coming up as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Monday show. Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director, IHSAA Executive Board Member is with us. Thornton's text line open still, 502-414-1450. Chad, we had some huge basketball games this weekend. Providence lost to a really good Brownstown team on the road Saturday. Jeff took one, a loss with a lot of turnovers on the road at Cathedral. And New Albany goes on the road with new coach Jason Jones, and they beat Bloomington South. So some mixed opinions here early, but some big experiences for some of our teams of interest locally. I think that's a good way to get off uh, this segment, Matt, is because a lot of those games, you know, now, hopefully they pay dividends come uh, March. You know, I was able to go to the Providence and Brownstown game, and you want to talk about a great basketball atmosphere, Matt. Sold out. Um, two teams going at it extremely hard. I'm going to guess the game's going to be played a little different in March. I would guess Coach Miller's going to have that game in a 
low 30 point type game. Uh, Brownstown, I mean, Benner is every good, as good as anyone's advertised. Anyone that doesn't think he'll be able to play at Purdue at some point is crazy. I mean, he, he's got a game like Luka Donich. The way he passes the ball, the way he shoots it, the way he can set himself up and score. You scored 33 against Providence. That's not an easy task. And then to watch, you know, to see my man Noah Lovin develop and get better. You know, he had 33 points as well and totally controlled the game. You know, I can't say enough good things about Noah because I know how hard he's worked. I know how hard Jack's worked. Kids don't understand. You just don't wake up and be good basketball players like those two kids have. You put in extra hours that nobody sees. You do lots of shooting, and it's paying dividends for them. So hopefully they both have a good year. As far as Jeffersonville goes, Matt, uh, They've got a tough schedule. They're on the road a lot, it looks like, this year. And there's going to be a lot of games like that. I think that'll help them overcome some things. Uh, it's hard. I, I don't have an idea. Of, you know, if, if Coach Wilkerson's playing a lot of kids, if he's not playing a lot of kids. But there's a big difference in playing in the summer and what there is in the season. A lot of things that referees, you know, let you go with, get away with. Just, to, you know, if you're playing a 12 o'clock game, that referee doesn't care who wins. He just wants to make sure it's over by 12.50 so the 1 o'clock game starts on time. You get in high school – a little bit different. So I don't know if that came into play, if there was any of that, or how all came about it, but Jeffersonville is extremely talented Look for them to have a great year. And then um, the last game, Matt, you mentioned was uh, New Albany. Coach couldn't get off to a better start than what he did there. To win at Bloomington South, anytime you can do that, that's a huge win. You open up a home against Clarksville, get one right off the bat. That's great for the Bulldogs, and we'll just see how their season shakes out. And then our Pirates, Matt, i got to give them some credit here. 2-0 and off to the first 2-0 and start in a long time at Charlestown. We play at Silver Creek Tuesday. We've got number one Scottsburg at home Saturday, and then we've moved up our, uh, excuse me, number one Scottsburg at home Friday, and then we moved up our Saturday game to 2 o'clock against North Oldham. So we'll see where we stand. Everybody's got a lot of basketball ahead of them. Now's the time to experiment. I think teams have auditions till Christmas. They start shaving that rotation down a little bit after Christmas, and then come February, auditions are over. It's time to play for sectional championships. Chad, I'm glad you brought up uh, Charlestown and Silver Creek on Tuesday night. Uh, that's at Silver Creek. What a big Tuesday night game. A lot of momentum with Coach Lynch at Charlestown. And Silver Creek off to a 1-0 start after an 80-61 win over Floyd Central before Thanksgiving. That's a great Tuesday night game here early in the year. We're still a little bit shorthanded. One of our starters is, is out until Saturday. He missed the first four games. However, we're going to go out there, and that gives our kids an opportunity to play and compete. Silver Creek, I think, Matt, is very, very good. Uh, we're going to have our hands full of both of these games, but it's something that Coach Lynch, I know, is excited about. I know he's got the kids excited about it, and we're going to put our best foot forward and try to see what happens. You know, we've got to, we've got to get back on defense. We've got to be able to score some easy buckets. We've got to be able – you know, we got some kids who are really good shooters, and they shoot some shots that aren't the shots we're looking for, you know, can they hit the shots? Yes. But will we win shooting those shots? I don't think so. You know, that some of the shots are what they want us to take. So we'll have to sure it up, and I know Coach Lynch is going to have that, just like Coach Wilkerson uh, and Coach Miller will at Providence. So it looks to be a great year. Absolutely. Chad Gilbert with me on Mondays. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate the run. Thanks, Matt. All right. We'll catch everybody next uh, week or catch Chad next week. Be back with you tomorrow here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
Keep it locked on Kentucky Atlas, only locally owned sports talk. 1450 and 96.1 FM. The Big X Sports Radio. WXVW Jeffersonville. Where does everyone come together to cheer as one? To build traditions? To show pride? 